0: grateful for your love, for your kindness. We thank you Lord for the opportunity you have made for us to be here. Spirit of God, we ask that you take over this service. We ask that you speak to our hearts tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands together for the Lord and God for our praise and worship team. Our instrumentalist, powerful instrumentalists anointed instrumentalists that is using them to bless us and we are very happy and you may be seated please and turn your Bibles with me one more time to Luke chapter number 15 and let's read from verse number 11. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Please come closer, come closer. I don't like come closer. Luke 15 and verse 11. And he said, we are reading the scriptures. This is the Word of God. You know, this is words that came out from Jesus' mouth directly. Do you understand? And so we should continue reading it. This is the Word of God. This is Jesus speaking. So there must be a lot of things in it, and we have to read it, and we have to be happy to read it, and we should not be tired reading it. Do you understand? Are you tired hearing this story? I am not tired reading it. So I don't think you should be tired hearing it. Don't be tired yet. I'll tell you when you have to be. <laughs> when we go to heaven. And he said, who said? He said that. Yeah. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would have fain, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fatted calf because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with halos, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf, And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Hallelujah. He was lost and is found. Amen. Amen. So this wonderful story that, that Jesus taught or told us, we are learning so many things from them. We are are learning so many things from this particular story, and um, we learn a lot of symbols from the prodigal son, and we've come to a phase where we are learning symbols from the elder son also. Amen. Amen. And I hope you are learning something. Are you learning something? Wonderful. So we are learning so many symbols from this elder brother. Elder brother or elder son. And what is the first symbol? I'll read them to you. We said, you can be in the father's house and yet have an unforgiving spirit. Be in the father's house and yet have an unforgiving spirit. Number two, we said, you can do the work of God and yet have an unforgiving heart. Amen. You can do the work of God and yet you have an unforgiving heart. And number three. The father's heart. You can be in the father's house and not have the father's heart. And number four. We said your response to your brother shows the real state of your heart. Not your response to God. Amen. Number five. Wow. Making no mistakes can make you develop a too righteous attitude. A too righteous attitude. And number six. An unforgiving elder brother does not flow in the worship.
1: Is that true?
0: Yes. Yes. When sometimes you come to church and you someone has wronged you or you have been angry with something, you don't feel like you are flowing with the worship. You see, you don't feel like flowing and you, you don't enjoy it. And sometimes you even get angry that people are dancing and jumping. You see, sometimes you get angry. You know? And perchance somebody is jumping and then they push you a little bit. You know you look at the person in a certain way. You know? Number seven. Uh, it's not unforgiving brother. It's unforgiving elder brother. Because you don't, I, I don't want you to exclude yourselves from this message. It is the elder brother. The elder brother. It's very important that you understand that. Amen. Amen. Do I have your attention? Yes. Yes. It's very important that you understand we are talking about the elder brother. You see, God bless all of you for your commitment to the church and the commitment to God. That you are always here. You are always doing something for the Lord. Almost everyone that is here is someone who does something for the Lord. And you are the elder brother who never left. The elder brother who is at all the meetings. You are the one we are talking about. Amen. Amen. The elder brother and the elder sister. So an unforgiving elder brother does not rejoice when good things happen to others. Amen. Amen. That is so true. Unforgiving elder brother. Those of you who have been here this long, you are the type that when someone is having something nice, you are angry. When something good is happening to someone, you, are, you see that other people are happy and you feel that, oh, they don't know anything. That is why. They don't know this person. Because the person has wronged you. Yeah. So you cannot forgive, you cannot rejoice when the person is having some good things happening to him or her. Amen. Amen. So, an unforgiving elder brother, say, unforgiving elder brother. I'm elder brother. Amen. That is the kind that we are talking about, the unforgiving elder brother. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, Tonight, I want us to look at one more symbol, and um, the unforgiving elder brother is cut off from everything. (laughs) Unforgiving elder brother is cut off from everything, everything that the father is doing. The unforgiving elder brother is cut off. Amen. Amen. The unforgiving elder brother is cut off from everything. What are some of the things that the unforgiving elder brother can be cut off from? One, he is cut off from the new things that God is doing. The unforgiving elder brother is cut off from the new things that God is doing. There was a new thing happening in the house. Someone who was once lost. This is a new thing. Someone who was dead. Once lost and is found, someone who was dead and is alive again, it's a new thing. And the father is excited about it, but the unforgiving elder brother is cut off. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, when you cannot overlook people's sins, you are cut off from so many things. He was angry and he will not come in. He was angry. He would not come in. There was music and dancing. Everyone was happy but he was cut off. The servants in the house, everyone was happy. They were excited. They have killed the fathered calf. They have dressed this young man who was lost, who was dead. Suddenly he's like a king. He's dressed. He's wearing rings. He's wearing robe. He's wearing shoes. A new thing is happening and he was not part of it. Amen. Amen. Some people are cut off when God is doing a new thing, when God is using someone who was once a sinner, when God is using that person now as a pastor, a lot of you are cut off because of unforgiveness because we still have a picture of who the person was or who the person is. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? There are so many people, they cannot receive from certain people because they were with them. They were with you, they were, you know, people are more welcoming of someone that they don't know than someone that they know because they can't forgive. They can't forget about who you were. They cannot believe that this alcoholic is now a preacher. They cannot believe that this womanizer is now a preacher. And then when you look at him, you remember all the things that he has done with all the women, including yourself. So, you see, you cannot receive from him. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah, you cannot, you cannot imagine that God can forgive this person and use him or use her to do anything. You see, and you are cut off. So when the person, even if the person has been ordained as a reverend minister, the moment the person stands before, behind the pulpit, you go to the bathroom. You won't finish the message before. You're coming. You can't receive. You can't receive. Some of you, you have been around for so long, so you know so many things. And it makes it also difficult for you to receive from certain people. Hallelujah. You are excluded from the new things that God is doing. Now, the other thing is excluded from is the joy of serving the Father. He is excluded from the joy of serving the father. You see, he was working so hard. He was in the fields. Now there is a party. The father is celebrating. Everyone is dancing. Everyone is eating. And he cannot be a part of it. He is excluded from the joy of serving the father. There was a break where the servants have stopped what they were doing. They have stopped what they were doing and they were having music and dancing. They have killed the feathered calf in the house and everyone is enjoying. Everyone who works in the house is now part of this celebration. But he could not come in. He cannot come in because of unforgiveness. Hallelujah. The other thing is he's cut off from the father himself. The unforgiving elder brother is cut off from the Father himself. Amen. Amen. He's cut off from the Father himself. You see, there are certain sins that are so common among senior brothers and senior sisters in Christ. People like you, you know, there are certain sins that are so common amongst us who have not gone anywhere and... It becomes so common that they are easily overlooked. Do you understand? There are certain sins that become so common that they are overlooked. Someone was giving a testimony once at the First Love Church, and she said, um, um, "The place she is from, like fornication is so common, and adultery that you know wives expect that." Friday, the husband will leave home and go and sleep with a whole lot of other women and come back Sunday night or something like that. You see, and it's it's expected. So the wife has to do all she wants with a man within the week before Friday. Because Friday, Friday, all husbands leave home. All the husbands leave home. And so you see, It's so come on like that, so it's not, it it doesn't become like a sin. You see, you are hearing it and then you, some of you wives, you are saying, hey, (laughs) it will be wild, you see. But if you were in that environment, you would do your things quickly. By Friday, because the man is gone. And you will not see him until Sunday night. That Sunday night when he comes, he's coming to sleep. I don't know how many men want to live in that country. It's still men. Amen. So such sins, you know, when the sin is so common, it makes us overlook the seriousness of the sin. But these are the kind of sins that cast us off from God. These common sins that we so overlook, they are the most serious sin that cut us off from God. Hallelujah. One such sin is unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness. It is so common. Everyone has some form of unforgiveness in him. And it's so common that we don't see it as, you know, you have some unforgiveness. We don't see it like you are such a sinful person. Do you understand? We don't see it like that. And senior brothers, the assessment of serious sin is not unforgiveness. When the senior brother is saying, you, we don't think you are a real Christian, we are not talking about unforgiveness. We are talking about fornication, stealing, lying, adultery. You see? Yeah, you are an armed robber. We can't associate Christianity with you. How can you be a Christian and we heard you, you, were, you were arrested? For armed robbery. You know, you were part of a, a bank armed robbery and you were part of it. You see, senior brothers, when they see you, they will not like to associate with you. They will be angry to see you come back to the church. Do you understand? You see, if you heard, if you heard that this brother, you know, on the news, and then they were showing some armed robbers and they, they take the thing from their face. eyewitness news and they took you know they go with the, uh, the mask yeah, yeah. and then they arrested them and then they took the and then you saw one of the people in, and then it's the part. and then you come to church and then you come to church and then you see the brother sitting here you will look and say this is not a real church you see you will not come in you will not come in. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You will not come in because this, this brother ah, is he a Christian? Is the pastor away? This son? you don't know that he has been with righteous living. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you will look at him and then you will not come in. You'll be angry that they have put him in the front like that. Or they have even given him a microphone to come and say thank you for, you know, welcoming me back to the church. You know, in my situation last week, you know, I happened to be involved in, you know, it's a week ago. I'm sharing with you. You see, that is our assessment. Serious. Serious sin. Serious sin. So when his younger brother came home, you know, this who has been involved in fornication, adultery, um, stealing, he probably was begging, embarrassing the family, disgracing the family. He considered this serious sin. Serious sin. So he didn't think that, you know, this guy should be welcome home. He has committed the, uh, the most serious of sins that he should not be welcome home. And he was angry. But he didn't know that he was committed one of the most serious sins. He didn't consider himself at all that he, comm- he was committing one of the most serious of sins. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? One of the most serious of sins. Because he was looking at his brother as what he has done. That this one was involved with righteous living. Living with prostitutes. There was a point in time he didn't have any place to live. So he was actually living in one of the prostitutes' homes. You see, and he has disgraced the family. This brother has disgraced the church. He's he was actually on the news as one of the armed robbers. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? May the Lord never let that happen to you. Amen. May he bypass you. Hallelujah. So he didn't think that his sin was that serious. But senior brother's sins, they stink before the Lord. They stink before the Lord. Senior brother's sin, they stink before the Lord. Amen. Amen. And the dangerous part of it, the dangerous part of senior brother's sin is that it's not so apparent. It's not so obvious. Do you understand? It's not so obvious that we tend to overlook it. We tend to brush it aside. We don't tend to consider it such a serious sin. That is the most dangerous part of it. Nonetheless, it is serious. It is serious. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? As common as it is and as familiar as it is with us, it is very serious. Very serious sin. You know, one time Apostle Joe was sharing a message and he was talking about senior brother's sin, like give an analogy as, you see, when we consider sin, you know, when we consider that, oh, now I think my Christian life is moving, you know, okay, I'm doing well. It means, you know, now, you know, this fornication, you know, I've stopped, you know, smoking, you know, chasing women, and drinking, you see, I've stopped these things, and by the grace of God, lying has cut down, you know, I've cut down my lying. You see, then you feel that you are moving somewhere. You see? So, you see, you, you, you feel you are moving forward. But he was saying, for instance, that, you know, when you look at dirty clothes, when you look at a child's dirty clothes, when you have a toddler, you know, you have given a white shirt, you put a white shirt on a toddler, and then, you, the, the child went and there was ice cream cake and the child has smeared herself or himself all over with the ice cream and it's cake and it's brown. And you, you see it's all over the white shed. You see, when you see that, you know that it needs cleaning right away. Isn't that so? You know that it needs cleaning right away. But when you see the adult sin, the adult dirty clothes, the adult dirty clothes, it looks clean. It doesn't look obvious that it needs washing. Do you understand? It looks clean. When you take your father's white shirt, you know, when he takes it off and he says, we should go and wash it, oh, you think, ah. But still, it doesn't need cleaning. But that child's white shirt, which is smeared with death or ice cream and all kinds of things, you know that this one needs obvious cleaning. But this doesn't need cleaning. But you see, if I throw the baby's shirt, the child's shirt over you, for instance, you know, you just take it on and then you put it in the laundry basket. But if the adult clean shirt... <laughs> that is dirty. If I throw it in uh, certain areas, come on you. <laughs> Though it looks very nice and clean, if it comes on you, is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, if that comes on you, you will move. You will, you will run away. You will be angry. Because that is a very special type of debt. <laughs> is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Though when you look at it, it doesn't look like it needs clean. If we were to put it on a hanger and we hang it and it's there, you would think that it's a clean shirt. But when you go closer. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you see, they are both dirty clothes. They are all dirty clothes. They are both dirty shirts. But you'll be deceived to think that the adult shirt doesn't need cleaning. You'll be deceived to think that we will be wasting money to clean it. (laughs) Amen. You will think that, oh, it is the righteous living and the fornication and the wastefulness. Wastefulness and openly disgracing the family, embarrassing the family, embarrassing the father, things that you have done that that have embarrassed the father. Those are the things that we need to address. But not this clean white shirt filled of unforgiveness. You think it doesn't need to be addressed. It doesn't need to be addressed. So he was angry and he will not come in. Hallelujah. But you see, the father can easily welcome the younger son, the prodigal son. The father easily welcomed him. The father ran and kissed him. The father ran and welcomed him. The father got excited and brought the best of his robes to put on him. And beautiful ring on his finger and you see, everything that the father was giving him was like the best in the house, the best in the house. Do you understand? Because you see, the younger brother's sins—they are so obvious. They need cleaning. They are so obvious. He has committed fornication. You see, when you are in a sinful state like that, when you are in a sinful state like that, you have the remorse. You you feel sinful. You feel you have committed fornication. You have, took, you have told some lies. You have stolen something. You know, it's so obvious. You know, there are certain sins when you sin, you, you, feel, you, feel you feel awful. You feel awful about them. Do you understand? You feel awful and when we say we are about to pray, we are going to pray for forgiveness of sins. You pray. You pray. You pray. You pray. <laughs> You pray from your heart. Because you know that this thing that you did. You understand what I'm sharing with you? You know that this thing that you did. You feel, you feel sinful. You feel that you need forgiveness. And so you, 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 you ask for forgiveness from your heart. You really feel that you need forgiveness from the Father. So you ask from your heart. So the sin that is so obvious, the sin that we consider the younger brother's sins or the prodigal, brother, the prodigal son's sins, they are very obvious. They are very obvious. Everyone knew that this guy has been involved with righteous living. Everyone knew that he has been involved with prostitution, sleeping with harlots. and so, so that kind of sin, it is so easy for you now to feel repentful, to have a heart of repentance and to repent. And he says, I have sinned against the father. He says, I will go to my father. No, no, no. I will go to my my state. I'm not fit even to be a servant. Do You see? The way I feel, I don't think I even qualify to be a servant in my father's house. He says, I will arise and go to the father and I will say unto him, father, I will go to him and I will say, Father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against thee. I know I have sinned. I know the things that I have done. I feel awful. Just don't even look at my face. Don't look at me. Just consider me one of your higher servants. So that is what I'm going to say to the Father. And he arose. <laughs> you see, and he arose. in that state, In that state, he arose ready to go. And with that same mind, same mentality, he is ready to apologize, to ask for forgiveness. That is the obvious sin. That is the younger brother's sin. And that the father knows that you have repented truly from your heart. The father knows that even as you were coming, as you were coming, he knew in your heart that you feel remorseful, you feel, you feel sinful, and you have repented truly in your heart. So he runs to welcome you says, bring the best of everything in the house. Because this was a dead situation that is alive again. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the scriptures? But the person with an unforgiveness, the person with an unforgiving heart, the person with an unforgiving heart does not see, does not feel sinful, do you understand because it is such a common sin that we don't see the seriousness of it it is not anything compared to fornication it is not anything compared to stealing it is not anything compared to adultery so we feel that that kind of sin we don't read really, and so we don't even admit that we have some sins in us that's a senior brother but I'm saying that that is the sin that stinks. That is the sin that is repulsive. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The sins of the senior brother, which are in him, that no one can see, they are the most repulsive of sins. You see, sin is sin. Yes. Do you understand? Sin is sin. But the sin that will make you feel repentful. make you. Is there a word like that? Can I say that? Why are the English people? You have to check the English. We, these days we can make our own words. I don't know who, which are the people who have been writing dictionaries, but we will call our Father and let them update with our new words. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. So you see, the presence of unforgiveness or the sin of unforgiveness within you in the heart, it is the sin that does not make you easily repent and come to the Father and ask for forgiveness. And for that, it casts you out of the presence of the Father. It casts you out. That sin, the sin of the senior brother, it cuts you off from the Father. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. He says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often or how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto. Listen, whenever you hear that the kingdom of heaven is likened unto this, be awake. Be awake. And listen very carefully. You see, you cannot, you cannot understand. You see, you cannot understand, for instance, how serious unforgiveness is. Except that Jesus is able to tell us stories like this to link it to something that is sort of equivalent or something that you can associate with here on earth. But seriously, this is the kingdom of heaven. The description of the kingdom of heaven about unforgiveness. So you have to sit up and say then there must be something about the unforgiveness liking on something here on earth. How does God see it? How is it seen in the heavens? So it must be compared to something that is serious here on earth so that you can really have an understanding of how serious it is. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you. So this is analysis of the kingdom of heaven, as far as unforgiveness is concerned. You see? So he says, "Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which will take account of his servants." Now when you hear these stories, Jesus is talking about the Father and his sons and daughters. Do you understand? Whenever you hear when He's talking about a certain king? A master and a servant, he's talking about God and us. But he has to liken it to something on earth for you to understand. Do you understand? Because you see, you can't even imagine, you can't picture God, you don't you have not seen God, so you don't know even how He takes things seriously or not. Maybe He plays with, or maybe God says these things, they are not so serious. Do you understand? Because you cannot even imagine. Perhaps you also see God as oh he's so good I don't think God oh, he takes this thing seriously like that. <laughs> but now you are come to earth to analyze how a king and his servants, and you see how a king can relate to his servants. Do you understand? That is what we are reading. He says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which will take account of his servants. He's going to analyze his servants. What they have done. what, And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, this servant didn't have the money to pay. As much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold. And his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. You see, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, this is when you owe the Father. When you owe the Father, this is what comes upon you. You bring torment upon you, your wife, your children, your property, and everything that you have to pay. And the Bible says, and he doesn't have. That means that with him, with his wife, his property, his children, and everything, even all together, he still cannot pay what he owes. He said, for as much, go back, please. He said, for as much as he had not to pay his Lord, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that of the servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debts. Forgive him the debts. He was moved with compassion. You don't qualify, but just as he worshipped him and he begged, he was moved with compassion and he forgave him the debts. <laughs> forgave him the debts. All of it. The father could see that if he had, he would pay. That if he really had, he would pay. That he really is willing, he's willing to pay. And so he was moved with compassion and he forgave him all his debts. The next verse, he says, But the same servant, the same servant went out from church. He came for forgiveness and then he went out. He said, The same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him 100 pence. How much did he owe? Ten thousand. Now, ten thousand talents. Whatever it is, let's take ten thousand dollars. And his, he found another person who owed him one hundred pence, hundred pennies, one dollar. Isn't that so? Compared to how much he owed, ten thousand. Listen carefully. And he laid on, uh, and he laid his hands on him. And took him by the throat. Saying, Pay me that thou owest. Pay me what you owe. Pay me what you owe. Pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his fellow servant. Look at this. His fellow servant fell down as, at his feet and besought him saying the same thing. Have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Same words. Which the father heard and he, had his, he was moved with compassion and forgave him all. The Bible says he worshipped him. Isn't that so? And he said these words. This one also fell down at his feet. Isn't that worship? worship. Fell down at his feet and said the same words. And then verse 30. It says, and he would not. He would not. But went and cast him into prison. (laughs) Hundred pence went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he has done, or what he was done, or what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their unto the father or their lord all that was done. Then his lord, after he had heard, called him and said unto him, Oh, thou wicked servant. I forgive thee all that debt because thou desirest me. I'm talking about unforgiveness. He says, I forgive thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Shouldn't you have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Shouldest not thou also have compassion on your fellow servant? He came and worshipped him also and begged. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. He delivered him unto the tormentors. He was taken from his presence. He was taken away from his presence. He was was forgiven and to remain in the house as a servant. But because of his unforgiveness, he was taken away to the tormentors to be cast away until he has paid all that. Verse 35 says So likewise, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your heart, underline that you have to highlight it. If you have a Bible, it says, if ye from your heart forgive not everyone his brothers their trespasses. If ye from your heart, from your heart, it's not that you have forgiven because the person has been away, the person has moved to Florida, or the person has moved to Chicago, or out of sight, so you don't remember. But from your heart, if you do not forgive from your heart. Amen. Amen. So this is analysis of the kingdom of God. That your unforgiveness, your unforgiveness, or the unforgiveness of your brother calls for a revisit of your situation. It calls for a revisit of your debt. Do you understand? You see... Just your unforgiveness, it will call for a revisit and analysis of what you owe. It will call for analysis of what you owe. It brings back what you owe. Your unforgiveness. It brings back what you owe. Your unforgiveness causes you now you are asked to pay what you owe. Is somebody understand what I'm saying? Your unforgiveness will make you pay what you have been forgiven. What you have been forgiven. Hallelujah. And I can tell you that you owe so much. That what you owe is too large. Too large compared to what your brother owes you. Too large. Too large compared to what your brother owes you. 10,000 talents compared to 100 pence. What you owe is too large. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you notice that when your account is revisited, you will notice that it brings back everything that you owe. Do you understand? Everything that you have ever owed a master now is back. When your situation is visited, when your condition is analyzed again, it brings back everything that you have owed a master. Now some of you, I don't know, but some of us, we, we started accumulating debts as early as five years old. Five years. Five years you knew how to do certain things.
1: <laughs> five years you were
0: doing certain things that you understood. So some of us, five years you were even telling lies. So, all through your fifth year to your ninth year, the deaths are coming back. Nine years, you, nine years, you were wild. Some of you, nine years old, you were a wild person. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, all your deaths now, they are coming back. Nine years to your teenage, teenager, as you were a teenager, doing all kinds of things, they are all coming back. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you say, I am born again, my all sins are passed away, all things have become new, they are all coming back because of your unforgiveness. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? You see, I'm trying to make you understand the things, the repulsive sins, the things that move you away from the Father, not fornication, not stealing, that you can easily understand and a- a- acknowledge that you have sinned. You have sinned and you ask for forgiveness. But when you have unforgiveness in you, unforgiveness in you, is repulsive. It throws you away from the Father. Because he begins to count all your debts from five... I say four years, you probably didn't know how to lie. But five years, you have been lying, through nine years, through your teenagers, when you were in school, you were cheating, you were stealing from your classmates, you were cheating, and a test, and all of those things. Now, they are bringing them. They are bringing all of them. They are bringing all of them through your 20th year. 20th year. Now all your fornications are being added. Abortions are being added. Born again, Christian. And now they're all your debts, all your debts, because of your unforgiveness, it has called for a revisit to your debts that were forgiven. Your debts that were forgiven, they are being revisited. somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Through marriage. The sense of your marriage. Do you understand? The sins that you committed in your marriage. Intentionally making certain food, certain types of food out of anger. (laughs) Because you were angry. Intentionally making certain types of food because you were angry, you say, here, take your food. Here, eat. All these sins are being added. They are accumulated. You see? And you are forgiven. You see? And every single sin, every single sin that you have prayed for forgiveness, that you have come for prayer meeting, and look, I am I'm showing you how heaven analyzes your unforgiveness. I'm showing you how heaven analyzes your unforgiveness to make you see the seriousness of unforgiveness. Amen. The state of your heart. So, unforgiveness is a very serious sin. The sins that are within the senior brother, the sins that are within the senior brother, they are the sins that are repulsive. They move you away from the Father. It takes you away from the grace of the Father. It takes you away from the love of the Father. That kind of sin. Not not that you wasted your substance with righteous living. That calls for repentance. That makes you come closer to the Father. But your unforgiveness. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, no one can see your unforgiveness. No one can see that there's unforgiveness in you. How many of you have unforgiveness in your heart? You see, one or two, three people. But the rest of us, you see, we can't see. Does does she look like she has unforgiveness in her? Does she look like she she has unforgiveness in her? Yeah. Look at her Bible. Does she look like she has unforgiveness in her? Yeah. (laughs) Huh? You think that's Mother Teresa herself sitting there? You see? But you see... The kind of sin, the kind of sin of the senior brother, they are not obvious. And they are the kind of sin that pushes us away from the father. He says, you cannot forgive, I can also not forgive you. And if the father cannot forgive your sins, you are far away from the father's grace. The sins that are within the senior brother, they are not obvious. One or the other sin is pride. Pride. It is not obvious. How many of you are proud? You see, please, now you are saying that you are proud. (laughs) But if someone were to tell you that you are proud right now, you'd be angry. You see, it's not a sin that is obvious. Do you understand? It's not a sin that you can see. But it is one of the sins that pushes you far away from God. It makes you an enemy of God. Immediately, you stand at the war end with God. Blow to blow with God amen wonderful well i don't think we can continue to share too much but uh, we'll pause here we'll pause here the sins of the senior brother we'll pause here and we will continue next time that we meet put your hands together for the lord and stand to your feet stand to your feet Father we are thankful and grateful for showing us oh lord how the heavens look upon us how the heaven assesses us how the heavens looks at our unforgiveness oh the sins of the senior son the sins of the senior brother lord forgive us